wintry mix of one to three inches of snow this afternoon. It's supposed to be raining this morning in Brookings. And you can't throw the ball in that kind of weather. Now, I'm not telling you that the Jack Rabbits are on upset alert. What I'm telling you is the whole dynamic of that game has all of a sudden changed because if Taron Christian can't sling the ball to their receivers, that means they've got to run the ball. And if a team knows you're going to run the football, the team knows you're going to be one-dimensional. And just like the Jackrabbits can't throw the ball, the Duquesne Dukes, they're not going to be able to throw the ball. So that game could be a low-scoring football game an ugly game where the ball feels like a greased-up watermelon thrown into a swimming pool. Turnovers could play a role. But that game got a whole heck of a lot more interesting down in Brookings with that weather. Now, I think the Jacks are going to win. But I think Duquesne, if the cards broke just right and you're glancing at the scoreboard in the Fargo Dome come the fourth quarter this afternoon, and it's... Oh, let's say 14 to 10. I wouldn't be surprised. And remember, friends, Bison Nation, two years ago, South Dakota State in a second-round game played Villanova from the CAA in a game where the weather wasn't so nice, and it took a chase-venetary field goal for South Dakota State to beat Villanova in a low-scoring affair. And that could very well be the case today. And the reason I bring that up, Swanee! Baby, what about the Bison? I want to hear about the Bison of Montana State and that quarterback, Troy Anderson. Yeah, he's a he's a running dude. He's athletic. He was playing linebacker for them earlier this year. They moved him to quarterback. They've won four games in a row. They're eight and four overall, five and three in the big sky, the number 23 or 24 team in the nation, depending on what poll you take a look at. They beat Incarnate Word. 35-14 to 14 last week in Bozeman. We're going to have Colton Poole from the Bozeman Chronicle, their beat writer, sports editor, former North Dakota State guy, actually. He was the sports editor and managing editor for the uh, Spectrum, the NDSU student body paper. Worked for the West Fargo Pioneer and got a job here in the last few years working out at the Bozeman Chronicle. So not only is he familiar with the Bobcats, he's plenty familiar with the Bison, and we're going to talk to him about Troy Anderson, the word I've heard this week used to describe that cat is throwback. Well, let's let's not try to shine a turd, all right? He's an athlete, but when you move a linebacker to quarterback, you call him a throwback? No, no, no. No, no, no. I call that one-dimensional. I call that the recipe for getting all kinds of beat up and banged up by North Dakota State. Montana State... Can't throw the football very well. Troy Anderson, this year passing, is 108 for 190, thrown at a 56% clip and averaging 90 yards a game with three touchdowns the entire season. Think about that. 90 yards a game passing in the Big Sky Conference. The Big Sky Conference, where offense is the name of the game, kind of like the Big 12. Teams don't play really great defense. And he's going to come into the Fargo Dome in the playoffs and all of a sudden learn to throw the football against one of the best defenses, the Code Green defense. The Code Green defense? 
You think they're going to let him throw the ball with All-American Robbie Grimsley back there, All-Conference Jimmy Football James Hendricks, Jalen Allison, Jalen Winbush, Marquise Bridges, Josh Hayes, Jabril Cox. I've got my number 42 Jabril Cox jersey on today. The Swanee Brothers, we're both representing wearing our number 42 jerseys. Jabril Cox, sideline to sideline, is the best football player on the field, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And he's going to be assigned to Troy Anderson. That dude, Troy Anderson, good luck today, pal. Good luck. With all due respect to the Bobcats, you're in the playoffs. You won a game in the playoffs. We haven't even talked about the Bison defensive front. Greg Menard, Williams, Steidel, Karch, Wagey. You know those guys. Stanley Jones out of Bismarck. Dan Marlette, Jordheim. The list goes on and on and on. North Dakota State had 15 guys named to the Missouri Valley All-Conference team. You're telling me that Troy Anderson, this running dude, is going to be able to throw the ball against the Bison? Montana State is a one-dimensional football team, and that's, that's the word for today. That's the key word, one-dimensional. You're going to hear that, I think, in the post-game press conference. You're going to hear it. You should hear it. I could call these... ESPN Plus games. You've heard some of these announcers are kind of clowns. Montana State, North Dakota's defense, North Dakota State's defense, rather, is going to render them one-dimensional. North Dakota State is going to say, yeah, go ahead and try to run the ball against us, Mr. Anderson, and he's going to get beat up. You remember that Cal Poly game earlier in the year and they had that dual-threat dude? You remember that Youngstown State game where their quarterback, Mays, got knocked out of the game? North Dakota State, you remember Sean McGuire from Western Illinois? North Taron Christian, South Dakota State, we could go on. North Dakota State has played dual-threat quarterbacks. North Dakota State's defense has excelled against those guys and coming up with lock-solid, shut-you-down, punch-you-right-in-the-face game plans. So if Montana State's thinking they're going to run the ball 20, 25 times with this guy, the backup better be ready to come in. Because their starter, Mr. Anderson, is going to get beat up, period. They're going to have to be able to throw the football. Can they throw the ball for 60 minutes and move the ball against North Dakota State's defense, the third-ranked scoring defense in the country, playing in the best the best conference? Last week, the CAA went 1-4. What a disaster, huh? What a disaster. The vaunted, the vaunted CAA, six teams in the playoffs. Please. You go one and four, Elon loses to Wofford by double digits. Duquesne, who's down in Bunnyland today, they house Towson 31-10. to 10, And their CAA Offensive Player of the Year, Flacco, their quarterback. Stony Brook, who gave JMU a game, they lose to SEMO, Southeast Missouri State, the Fighting Harry Trumans, 28-14. James Madison was unimpressive and uninspiring in a 20-6 win over Delaware. And Pat Kehoe, I don't know if that dude was playing hurt. That guy didn't get any spin on the football. You're shaking your head. You're driving out to tailgating and you watch that game and saw it. Man, Delaware couldn't get anything going offensively. So I think Troy Anderson is going to have a rough day at the office. I think the CAA had a rough day at the office last week. I'm going to bring on Colton Poole here. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to get Colton Poole, the sports editor, beat writer for the Bozeman Chronicle. We're going to talk about Mr. Anderson and Montana State's 
offense and whether or not their defense that's given up 40 points, 40 points, yeah, about, well, let's say 26.5 points per game in the big sky, but 400. They're giving up 400 yards per game. Why this one could turn into a snoozer at halftime. At least that's what I think. Let's heard it here with Swanee. We'll have Colton Poole coming up right after this. Troy Anderson in the gap. Oh, man alive. That'd be a collision between those two. Got Chris driving the car, running the board, and some nice Guns N' Roses, some GNR to get you revved up for this afternoon second round Bison playoff action against Montana State. We got Colton Poole. Colton's the sports editor and beat writer for the Bozeman Chronicle. Local guy with ties to Fargo went to North Dakota State, worked for the student paper, The Spectrum, as the sports editor and managing editor. Now he's out in Bozeman, Montana, covering the Bobcats for the Bozeman Chronicle. Colton, how you doing this morning, buddy? No, we got him? We there? Colton, you there? Yeah. Oh, there you are. There you are. We got you on. It's a Saturday morning early. The weather's drizzly and foggy. But Montana State, man, they got Troy Anderson playing quarterback. The guy's done really, really well since Coach Choate and his staff moved him there from linebacker. Montana State's on a four-game winning streak. They looked pretty good last week against Incarnate Word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's uh, this season has been a, a crazy ride. Um, it's just to watch. I mean, you know, it, it just the, all you mentioned, Troy Anderson moving to quarterback. Yeah, I mean, just the the, the losses, the, the close losses that they've had, the close wins that they've had. I mean, the game against Montana, I, I'm still not entirely sure how Montana State won that one. Um, but, yeah, uh, coming off a good win for Montana State against Incarnate Word, um, it's uh, it's going to it's gonna be interesting, um, just only because MSU is just riding such a, a, a wave of momentum going into this one. So, um, yeah, MSU, I think they're just, they're just glad to be in the playoffs at this point, just all the things that they've been through. So, but yeah, it uh, should be interesting. That's one of the things, Colton. Colton Poole, Bozeman Chronicle, covers the Montana State Bobcats, formerly at the West Fargo Pioneer. They're playing with a lot of confidence, and that's that's one of the intangibles that does not show up on the stat sheet. But when you have a locker room and a group of guys that are believing and think they can do anything, even when the deck is stacked against them and they're coming into the Fargo Dome where they're overmatched, at least on paper in every regard, Coach Choate's going to have those guys ready to play, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. They've got, a, I think, a four-game winning streak. You mentioned a lot of close games. They have three common opponents with North Dakota State. They beat Cal Poly 49-42. They beat Western Illinois in the opener 26-23. Dropped the second game of the year down in Brookings to South Dakota State 45-14. But they were Montana State was a different team back then, and it seems, Colton, that their whole persona – their dynamic has changed ever since they moved Troy Anderson to the quarterback position. What can you tell us about Anderson? Because he's a guy that can run you over. He can run around you. He's really, really fast. So what, what's uh, what's the deal with that guy? Anderson is just um, simply a, a freak athlete. I mean, so you know, he played quarterback uh, in, in the season opener against Western Illinois, and then, and then he injured his non-throwing hand. Uh, and didn't play quarterback against 
South Dakota State and against the, in the following game in, uh, against Wagner. And, I mean, you could just kind of tell that there, the whole, you know, you kind of mentioned the persona, the, the, the whole dynamic of the team shifted. Uh, you know, he's not the best thrower in the world. Um, you know, he, he came to Montana State to play, to play linebacker, and, um, and he, it's going to be funny when he's like an all-conference, even in the conversation for all American linebacker two years from now, and everyone says, "Hey, remember when Troy Anderson played quarterback?" Because I mean, he, he is a, a great athlete, and you know he, he's going to be a really good linebacker if and when they ever move him back. But um, but it's kind of interesting, you know, just with with Troy, you know, like I say, he's he's not the best thrower in the world, but. Um, he's an excellent, excellent runner, and he's a threat to uh, bounce a long touchdown run at any point this season. He's got he's got 20 rushing touchdowns on the season, and I think about half of them are are long runs. So, and and another thing too with Troy, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't necessarily like the attention that comes with uh, uh that comes with quarterback, and he's uh he's kind of a Ah, oh, shucks, kind of kid. Um, but he, uh, but the the team has really rallied around him. Um, yeah, that's, and, and I, that's and what I, it seems, Colton. He yeah. seems. I heard Coach Choate talking about him this week. That Colton Poole, Bozeman Chronicle covers the Montana State Bobcats here with us on Heard It Here with Swanee. He's a really good locker room guy. A really, really good leader. He's rushed to your point for over twelve hundred yards this year. He's averaging about one hundred and seven yards per game. And the team has really gravita- gravitated around him and responded to that kind of humble lead by example thing that that uh, Anderson brings to the Bobcats. Yeah, absolutely. And they recognize that you know Troy's Troy. You know he's making a sacrifice by moving to quarterback because I mean he he could be in the all time like MSC record books for tackles by the end of his career if he played four years at linebacker. So and. Yeah, I, I think that he's, you know, ma- making a sacrifice. And, you know, when coaches told him that, you know, being a quarterback is maybe what what's going to be best for the team, um, you know, probably a little bit reluctantly at least, he, you know, accepted the challenge and has gotten better and better as a passer as the year has gone on. And um, given the team a, a real lift, because, you know, at times their offense is um, – it lacks a spark, uh, to to put it bluntly, and he's he's provided it, and you know he'll he'll pull out a long touchdown run just just to keep MSU in the game at times, and um, and as for the leadership, I mean, you know that kind of attitude is something that's gone a long way for the team. Um, you know, if if he's willing to make this sort of sacrifice, like you know, I should be willing to. Put in an extra, put in an extra uh, lift. I should be able to watch an extra hour of film. I should be able to, you know, you hear all the little things, you know, but you know, all, all the little things can add up to a, a really big thing by the end of the season, like it has. With uh, Montana State, Colton Poole, beat writer, sports editor for the Bozeman Chronicle, used to be at North Dakota State covering the Bison for the NDSU Spectrum at the West Fargo Pioneer. You know both these teams, Colton. You've covered the Bison. 
you're covering the Bobcats. What does Montana State need to do to make this a four-quarter game, to get this game into the fourth quarter with an opportunity? What does Montana State need to do to be successful against the Bison? They need to do a lot of things right. And and DSU needs to do quite a few things not correctly. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, like you say, I've, I've covered NDSU. I know how successful this program is. I've seen teams like Montana State coming into the come into the Fargo Dome and um, things not exactly go well for them, uh, especially right away. NDSU is so good at just putting a big lead up uh, right away and just putting the game out of reach just just instantly. It seems so. You know, but you know, I guess there is a very very precise formula that Montana State would would need to win. Um, they would need to find a way because MSU's maybe strongest position is its defensive line. So it's going to have to, the Bobcats are going to have to put pressure on Easton stick. They're going to have to somehow keep them in the pocket, uh, rush with four. And, and that's kind of what MSU does. They don't really blitz often. So, and even if they do, um, they, they still got to you know, be sound in the secondary and the defensive line, I think, is going to be a position to watch no matter what because they're also going to have to limit NDSU's run game in, in some capacity. So, you know, if you can force NDSU to punt a few times and then Troy Anderson gets a few of those long touchdown runs and, and makes it, it keeps it two to three possessions uh, by halftime, then, um, you know, then there's maybe a chance because MSU at time and time again has come back from second half deficits when they really shouldn't be in the game at all as they did against Montana. Uh, I think the score was 22 to seven with 14 minutes remaining. And then, and then MSU forces a fumble and then scores a long touchdown and then, or rather scores another touchdown and then force the goal line stand at the end. Um, just, yeah. You know, <laughs> Like you kind of mentioned, they, they, when they kind of you know believe in the, each other like they have all season, you know that that's kind of a formula for a team that can pull out wins at the end against a team that you know that India like NDSU that's really heavily favored and for really good reason. So um, it like I say, a lot of things that have to go right for for Montana State to be in this game. You got Colton Poole, the beat writer covering the Bobcats for the Bozeman Chronicle. Bison fan Jonas. Steckler out there listening, tweeting at us, says he coached you when you were in uh, high school football, and he has two questions to, to wrap up here. Are you the reason, Colton, for MSU's success this year since moving to Bozeman? And what's the coverage like compared to NDSU? He says hope all as well. So, Colton, has, uh, has uh, Leon Costello, the athletic director out there, used to be at, uh, at South Dakota State. I know Leon, my brother, had worked for him as uh, – are you the reason for the Bobcats' success? It is Leon and Coach Chote. Have they reached out to you to pick your brain about uh, the Bison? <laughs> First of all, um, hey Jonas, I <laughs> uh, hope all is going well for you too. Um, yeah, um, no. <laughs> That's what we bring to the table on Herd here with Swanee. We're through Bison Nation. We're just one big old family here. And one of our fans tweets it, and you know Colton being a guy with North Dakota State ties, it's. That North Dakota rule of two, either you know the person or you know someone that knows them. So we sprung that on you here this morning, buddy. <laughs> that, is, that is a great rule. <laughs> that is not, because that, that is not far from the truth. 
Hey, amen, brother. We got to run to a break, but appreciate you coming on this morning. What do you got? I'll ask you. We got a game day pick segment coming up at the end of the show. But what do you see shaking out today? What's the final score going to be? I think I think I got NDSU putting up like 35 points in the first half and and running away with an eventual at 49-21 NDSU. Sounds good, buddy. Hey, thanks for coming on. Heard it here with Swanee and safe travels back to uh, Bozeman. All right. Thanks. Coming up after the break, we got Chase Miller, Nolan Schmidt. We got our FCS Face the Nation roundtable, and we'll unpack more of this playoff game, and we'll go around the horn and talk about some other FCS playoff action, including Duquesne at South Dakota State and Colgate at James Madison. Coming up on Heard It Here West. We've got a 2 o'clock kick, same time as North Dakota State. They're playing Duquesne. They've got a winter weather advisory. Brief mixed precipitation and snow expected. Total snow accumulations of 3 to 6 inches. Winds gusting. Check this out. Winds gusting as high as 40 miles per hour in Brookings. They have a tough time getting fans to Dana Dykehouse Stadium the way it is. And when you talk about South Dakota State, by all means, if they were playing this indoors, they'd beat Duquesne probably 49-7. to But when you throw in 40-mile-per-hour winds and 3-6 to six inches of snow, that football gets all kinds of slippery. you got to run the ball. And think back to when North Dakota State played down in normal Illinois last season against Illinois State. And North Dakota State needed a second-half, fourth-quarter interception by Jabril Cox to pull that one out. That game got a whole heck of a lot more interesting. You got Chase Miller from 740, the fan, and Nolan P. Schmidt from Bison Illustrated. I, th- I still think South Dakota State's going to win, guys. But with, with weather like that, I think it's kind of uh, even the playing field down in Brookings. Well, how does it affect Duquesne? I think that's maybe the question that I'd like to know. I mean, you bring up 40-mile-per-hour winds and winter weather advisory. I mean, that's not necessarily whether they get you know where Duquesne is. You know, you know what I'm saying? And we talked about it earlier this week. I'm interested to see how Duquesne reacts to that pour of weather because we had anticipated kind of it being maybe a little wintry mix, something they're not used to. But now we've gotten to the point that it's something that they're really not used to. And we're I, I think we see that in South Dakota State and Duquesne, but also – Maine and Jacksonville State, too. I think they're planning to have some wintry weather, which is probably something Jacksonville State isn't necessarily used to either. So it's interesting how weather plays always plays a factor, but you know, you can make the argument that South Dakota State might be a little better prepared for that sort of climate than Duquesne. I think I think that can be a mild argument you could make. Well, and the one thing I will say about Duquesne is they played in horrific conditions in their you know, first round win against Towson, it felt like snow. Torrential. It was right. torrential. It, it was like hurricane weather. So they've already played through a weather game. So this isn't going to phase them. It's a different kind of weather game, but that rain was like 34 degrees. It was really wet. It wasn't a great day. It was cold. So I don't think it's going to, I mean, yes, will it help Duquesne in this game? Without a doubt. And because you you have South Dakota State on a turf that's used to, you know, throwing the football, the Johnson and company that can just get out in the boundary in the flat. Uh, their ability to run the football. It's just South Dakota State's defense going to be another level than Towson. South Dakota State's offense will be another level than Towson. But for Duquesne, you say, well, we've already played in conditions like this last weekend. So whether it's the white stuff or whether it's the other liquid stuff that comes down, they're going to be ready for it in either way. And goofy goofy things happen in weather like this. Now, North Dakota State, of course, we're in the climate-controlled, friendly atmosphere, atmosphere of the Fodome. 
But even out in Hamilton, New York, James Madison, they're playing Colgate. All kinds of headlines there with Mike Houston flirting with the Charlotte job, now the East Carolina job. There is a 100% chance of rain out in Hamilton, New York. And Colgate, James Madison, was probably going to be the first team to 13 wins anyway. With all that rain out there, maybe the first team to six wins. It could be one of those real ugly seven to six, ten to three kind of football games. So weather, and when we've we've talked about this, guys. You guys both know the game of football. You understand football. What do you need to do in December? You need to be able to run the ball, and you need to be able to play defense. And when you throw in weather conditions, I watched that Duquesne Towson game. That game, it was coming down in sheets. The rain and precip was torrential, and Towson with their passing offense. They could not move the football. So I, I do I think Duquesne beat South Dakota State? No. Do I think that game got a heck of a lot more interesting? And goofy things happen. You got snow on the football. You got wind like that. That ball is going to take some weird bounces on a wet field. So I, I think I think South Dakota State wins. But if it's a 10-7 to 7 or 6-6 six to 6 kind of game going into halftime, that's not going to surprise me one bit at all. And same, same with Colgate and James Madison. What's what's real interesting to me, guys, with the coaching issue there with Coach Houston at James Madison and the Dukes flirting with different jobs, how his team responds. Now, you've seen their their players and their fans on social media saying that they're geared up, they're motivated. But I don't think we're going to have really an idea of what James Madison team shows up and how this has impacted them until they hit the field at noon today in Hamilton, New York. Well, you wonder what Mike Houston has been saying since all these headlines have come out to his players. Because uh, the day that uh, the news broke that he had taken the Charlotte job, he still coached practice, and then he had that statement after practice. But I believe there were reports that he was he was talking to the to the players, and it, it'd be shocking to to hear that the players weren't aware of what his decision was or what was going through his mind as far as taking another job. I'm interested to see what kind of trust or what kind of factors that plays into more so than the weather, Swanee. I mean, the weather is that's an entirely different entity. But, you know, when it comes down to playoff time, I feel like 50, 60 percent of it is mindset. You have to have the proper mindset in order to go in and win a game, especially on the road against a really good Colgate team. So I'm interested to see how James Madison, they can say all they want. I mean, we've said this over and over again. You can say whatever you want to the public, but in that locker room, I'm interested to see what kind of things are being said player on player, player to assistant coach, player to whoever. I'm interested to see kind of how they react coming out, especially against, like I said, a really good Colgate team today. Well, we're going to find out more, too, at 915 with Greg Medea, beat writer for James Madison. It's been the Mike Houston General Hospital story, but the Mike, it's been the, like the Houston Hospital story for so opera there's been so many twists and turns since you know late Tuesday going into Wednesday Wednesday Thursday so we'll talk about that the impact you know if they lose at any time that it's going to be brought up right away how much did the Mike Houston story have an effect whether they lose against Colgate whether they make this quarterfinal semis whatever on the flip side you know you could go out and maybe pull the let's win one for the Gipper he might we might know that he's gone as a as a player we might know that he's maybe uh, had a really sneaky agent or someone that was able to leak the source, then you know maybe he really wanted to be at East Carolina, and East Carolina stepped up their process. However the situation is, we'll find out a lot early on, I think in the first quarter, if Colgate comes out and able to get up early, or if James Madison has a dud, so to speak, if they come out flat, 
I think a lot of people will attribute it to the Mike Houston story. But at the end of the day, you get to this type of game. Colgate has five shutouts on the season. They only give up five and a half points. They've only given up double-digit figures, I believe, three times this year. So their def- now some people might say, well, it's the Patriot League. I don't care what league that you're playing in. If you can do that consistently enough, that means you're very well schooled, you're very well coached, and you have the guys who uh, beat James Madison in the 2015 playoffs. They understand this matchup with the Dukes. And Colgate Colgate took an Army team to the wire. They lost 28-14. to Army is ranked in the FBS Top 25. Army went to Oklahoma, went down to Boomer Sooner Nation earlier this year, and lost in overtime, I believe. Army took Oklahoma, who's playing today in a Big 12 championship game against Texas for a shot, where if they win, they probably make the college football playoff, the Final Four for the FBS. Colgate hung with that Army team, so they're no slouch. Don't kid yourselves. We're going to hit a break here. want to thank Walton's Tire Service, Valley Tire, Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance, Agent Legacy Wealth Management, and TR. That's Industries. When we come back, Chase Miller is going to tell you all about the Bracket Mania and the Bracket Challenge here on Heard It Here with Swanee. Peace our status. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? 6 flags, guys. Got the heaters going. Got the tent up, tailgating this morning in the parking lot of the Fargo Dome. If you're out there, be careful. Kind of drizzle, freezing rain stuff. Make sure you don't uh, slip and fall and plant your shoulder square on the concrete. That might hurt. It's playoff time, man. We got a full slate of games in the Sweet 16. Jacksonville State's at Maine. That's an 11 o'clock kick. JMU, the Dukies of James Madison are at Colgate. That's a noon kick. Wofford is at Kennesaw State. The winner of that one will play the winner of South Dakota du- South Dakota State and Duquesne. That's a 1 o'clock kick. Of course, the Bison and the Bobcats start at 2. Duquesne and South Dakota State are at 2. SEMO and Weber State are at 3. Nichols State and Eastern Washington play at 4. And the Nightcap, Northern Iowa at UC Davis. All kinds of bracket mania, Chase. And uh, once you break down the bracket... Mania going down on 740 The Fan. Well, if you want to win 250 bucks, it's pretty simple. We started the brackets in the second round because that's where South Dakota State, North Dakota State was playing. There was no one locally you know, playing in the first round. So all that you have to do is really simple. Go 740thefan.com, go to the feature promos section midway through the page, click on it, submit what you think the bracket's going to be today, quarterfinals, semis, championship. Give us the championship game score because that would be the tiebreaker. And the winner wins 250 bucks. Simple enough as it is. So if you got the best FCS mind in and around college football, you fill out the bracket, you see what happens, and you can win 250 bones at the end of the day for just saying, you know what, I think North Dakota State will win, I think South Dakota State will win, and so forth to Frisco. I think that's a pretty nice uh, thing to put in the Christmas stock in there. North Dakota State against Montana State, guys. I think the Bison, I think we'll all agree the Bison are going to win that. I take a look up and down the stat sheet. Montana State is 84th in time of possession. They're 79th in the country on third down conversion. They're 90th on third down defense. When you talk about trying to come into the Fargo Dome and beat a Bison team, you better be able to move the sticks on third down. You better be able to stay in front of the sticks and give yourself third and twos, third and threes. And you better be able to get off the field on defense. And when you look up and down the statistical data, the analytics, 
Montana State hasn't been doing that, and they're giving up 400 yards of offense in this football game. And with a, a quarterback like Troy Anderson, who's a runner, you know, their passing game, Colton Poole said, hey, they're, look, if a guy's a runner, they don't try to hide who they are. They're not going to sling it all over the field 25 times a game. I think the Bison are able to make the Bobcats one-dimensional. I think that this one could get out of hand early. I was going to say, I think they already are one one dimensional. I think we can make that case just watching them last week, watching them all season is, you know, Troy Anderson only has three passing touchdowns all year. And, and I mean, that says something to the, to the game plan that the Bobcats are going to have coming into Fargo today. I think if you're one dimensional coming in, the Bison are going to keep you that way. And, and you know, you mentioned it, Swanee. I don't know if Montana State's going to be able to consistently move the sticks enough to really make a dent. I, I think... If if it does turn out that Montana State gets a few few big plays here and there, it, it comes through the air where the Bison maybe aren't expecting a deep pass play. They aren't expecting a play action rollout, you know, throw to the tight end. It, it, it's something like that. But you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen. And you you alluded to it: 400 total yards for def, uh, given up on defense. That's that's not promising against a North Dakota State team that is prone to racking up rushing and passing yards very quickly. The one thing I will say is this for Montana State. 14 turnovers in their last four games that the defense has forced. They had four of them against Incarnate Word, and I don't care if you give up two yards or I don't get, care if you give up 400 yards. If you can make a turnovers and bend but don't break, so to speak, it's kind of the old Patriots uh, formula where you're going to move the ball between the 20 and the 20, but they shore up in the red zone, you know, and the field goals don't hurt you. You hear Chris Kleiman say it all the time. You know what? If we give up a couple field goals in a game, that's fine because that only means we need to score maybe two touchdowns to win it at the end of the day. So if Montana State can get an early turnover or what they did against Incarnate Ward, which was a blocked punt for their first touchdown, then this game shifts a little bit. And I'm going to look the first two to three drives, how the offensive line for Montana State can play against the front seven of North Dakota State. I, I, we all agree that's the biggest key. NDSU is probably going to put their corners on islands and say, Go throw it against this, maybe with the single high safety. You know, Robbie Grimsley will come in the box. You know, if James Hendricks plays, he'll come in the box, and he'll be that spy, so to speak, if they run that read option or wildcat uh, formation here later today. For the Bison offense, it's simple. It's take care of the ball. It's yeah. I'm not, not, not saying be predictable, but do what you do best, which is have the ability to run, have the ability to hit the play action, have Easton Stick just move the chains up and down the field. Even if you punt but you flip the field, that's going to be a win at the end of the day. And and those are little things that I'll be looking at just the first quarter. If that is a checklist where Montana State's offensive line gets pushed back, they don't do the pushing, and if NDSU's offense can just nickel and dime, so to speak, early on and kind of wear out this Bobcats team because they had over 60 rushing attempts, Montana State, against Incarnate Word. I don't think you'll get that today against NDSU, but if you get close to 40, well, then you probably a ball game. You got yourself a ball game without a doubt. Yeah, and that's that's one of the keys for this game. I think that is the key, fellas, is that if North Dakota State takes care of the football and doesn't give up a score on special teams, doesn't give up a score uh, on defense, where you know Montana State scoring a defensive touchdown, if that doesn't happen, I think it's going to be tough for Montana State for 60 minutes to hang with the Bison. But if they get one of those big plays, that can change the dynamic of a football game, especially – in the playoffs. Now, having said that, I think this is a game where Troy Anderson is going to see some stuff that he hasn't seen all year from a very, very good Bison defense. And, and it's the kind of game where a quarterback's running around, he's getting hit like that Cal Poly game mm-hmm. where he's getting hit like that North Alabama game where their quarterback threw the ball a little bit early, threw it to the wrong place, and you see number 42 old Jabril Cox 
running for a touchdown. I think the Bison, it would not surprise me if the Bison had a defensive touchdown today. We got to get into our game day picks. We're running out of daylight on Herd It Here with Swanee and 740 AM. The fan, make sure to check out the show page at 740thefan.com. Check out the podcast BisonIllustrated.com, the Bison Illustrated podcast. How do you guys see this one playing out? Well, I think, you know, I think an underrated thing for NDSU's defense is that in every single game, they've consistently, you know, made the quarterback's life a, really a nightmare. And I think, we, you know, you mentioned that Cal Poly and North Alabama game. I mean, they're really good at getting in the quarterback's face, bringing pressure against Troy Anderson, who's really prone to running the ball. I think we're going to see something similar to that. So, I mean, I, I see the Bison winning. Uh, probably, I would say, 42 to 14 is what I'll say. Not quite Swanee S. Maybe that's Swanee S yeah. for the playoffs, no, we'll, right? We'll, we'll cook one it's up a 20, a It's a 28-point spread. <laughs> uh, this game reminds me of Youngstown State a lot. You know, where we, we weren't sure what we're going to get mm-hmm. with the Youngstown State, but Youngstown State had a quarterback that could run. Uh, maybe not so much throw the football as well as a Christian or other QBs that we've seen in the Missouri Valley throughout the regular season. And that was a ball game. And I think we're going to get something similar today. I'm going to go more on the cautionary side, and I think Montana State's going to make this a game. I think the first quarter, if they can hang in, which is the biggest thing for teams who never played in the Fargum during the playoffs, we've said it how many times, if you can hang in the first 15 minutes, just hang in that first onslaught of crowd noise, the bison coming at you, and if you can make that a one-score game into the second quarter, you've withstood the opening onslaught and you have yourself a chance to kind of ride the wave into the second quarter. North Dakota State, sooner or later, they're going to have a dud in the playoffs, but they haven't really had a dud in the playoffs with this group outside the James Madison game a little bit. But even then, James Madison just played a really solid football game, and that's what's going to have to take to beat North Dakota State. I like a 31-14 style of game. NDSU kind of wins it late. They get the ground game going late. They wear them down late. I think Montana State will make a game of it. It's going to be that good old-fashioned rock fight today, I think, at the far going between these two teams. Here we go. We're going to crank this mother up, put the women and children to bed, because what I'm about to say is not made for the ears of sensitive folks. You ready? You ready, Bison Nation? Pa Swanee, you ready? This Bison team all year long, we've talked about 24 seniors. We've talked about a veteran football team that's on a mission. I haven't seen this kind of laser-like focus from a group of football players in a long time. This Bison team for the last two weeks has had to hear about South Dakota State and James Madison on the same side of the bracket of doom. And they're tired of it. And they're out to prove a point. And that starts, brothers and sisters of Bison Nation, that starts... This afternoon at the Fargo Dome, you're going to see a Bison team that is amped up, that is going to fire on all cylinders. That's going to be something special. The Bison are going to house the Bobcats, and then they're going to take apart whoever they play next week and the week after that because the road to Frisco goes through Bison Nation. It's going to be a 48-7 bloodbath. This is Herded here with Swanee, reminding you that the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Dan Barrero and Justin Gar. In this case, I ignored some people I didn't intend to. You didn't do it on purpose, no, which is what I, you normally do. Well, that's another way of putting it. That's